0: every day I'm hustling 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 every day I'm every day I'm every
1: day I'm hustling every day I'm hustling, day, I'm hustling. Every hello every and welcome hu you are listening I'm to the hustle, hustle, hustle points in me show I'm I'm right. I am the glue in your hey. magnet Rudy Sinclair and joining every me today is the one and only mojo 99 how you doing today mojo
0: just bobbing as usual
1: do you uh you want me to call you mojo or you have a a government name that you prefer
0: (laughs) i mean i think mojo is a lot more fire it gives me a lot of cool points so let's just stick to mojo (laughs) (laughs)
1: all right mojo it is uh be sure to follow me on twitter at nba underscore rudy where you can tell me i clearly don't know basketball and uh also go ahead and (laughs) click the link in my pinned tweet scroll all the way to the bottom and join the bucket discord server prove that you're in the top tier of the most engaged listeners in the hustle points audience uh mojo, <laughs> i don't i don't have your uh i don't have your twitter handle in front of me you want to go ahead and plug that while we're nice in the beginning uh yeah sure go ahead follow me on instagram i mean <laughs> not
0: instagram twitter do i even plug on my instagram like crazy on youtube i'm so like programmed to say that but follow me on twitter mojo 99 underscore
1: all right and uh also search mojo 99 on youtube go ahead and click subscribe there join the uh the army i guess whatever it is you want to call your fan base i haven't heard you address them as a single unit once yet in uh, all your videos yeah
0: i don't think i will if anything i'm just calling my dogs that's literally it
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right sounds good so go be a dog subscribe to mojo and uh yeah <laughs> let's uh let's just uh jump straight into it now um most of the time when i bring on people who have some sort of Creative uh, thing going on, especially in the in the NBA world. I just like to get to know their fan origin story and get into their creative process a little bit. So, um, before the channel started, how did your basketball fandom begin? Is there like a single moment where you fell in love with the game, or was it not really that simple?
0: Okay, so here's how it went for me. When I first like started being introduced to like just the game of basketball, period. I used to play um, this game called NBA Live. Remember that company, NBA Live? They're dead now. (laughs) But back when they were lit, their video games, I was like, I was so into it, but I didn't know nothing about the NBA. What's funny, what's a funny thing about that is like, um, when I played NBA Live, I used to think that (laughs) players who had shooting sleeves, who anybody who wore shooting sleeves in the game, that means they could shoot threes. So I'd be like Dwight Howard pulling up from thirty, <laughs> thinking that he was a three point shooter, and I always thought that that man was ass So that's like what got my foot in the water with the NBA thing originally. Originally, and then um like maybe like four years after that, I would watch basketball here and there. And it would not really come catch my eye though, you know. So mm-hmm. what really caught my eye was um back in twenty fourteen I think twenty four the twenty fourteen playoffs um. The Hawks are in the playoffs, and I believe they're shorthanded without Horford. And um, I think we ended up losing in the second round. We we ended up getting smacked, clapped by um, Paul George. And I don't know what it was, but just seeing the way Paul George played, his, like, the swagger that he brought to the table, his, like, fluidity, the smoothness, he was, like, he was, like, one of my favorite players after lebron james of course and then later on like throughout that series throughout that playoff series um him and lebron faced off and that and during that time period that was my first time actually like watching basketball consistently i was actually like looking forward to it Mm -hmm. it's one moment that i will never ever forget in my life is like um this game there was a game at a playoff game in Miami and Paul George blew past by LeBron James, and once he blew past by him, he met Chris Anderson at the rim and he cocked back,
1: slammed
0: that thing on that man's head, <laughs> ha, all body. That was, I guess that was, that's how I first started getting into this NBA field.
1: <laughs> yeah, nothing like a like a good story and a good dunk to to inaugurate you into NBA fandom. I mean, the dunk's the best play in sports, as far as I'm concerned. So
0: exactly, you're not lying.
1: Yeah, you're, you're probably the only Hawks fan I know that is, uh, you know, at least from the outside, as much of a LeBron fan as you are a Hawks fan, because, you know, LeBron has had the Hawks number for so, so long. <laughs> like,
0: yes, half of the league's number for so long. I mean, it happens to the best of us. OK, I'm not I'm <laughs> yeah. not salty over nothing like that. It just happens.
1: Yeah, I, I guess it's a good mix of, uh, you know, the old argument of. Some some people are fans of teams, other people are fans of players, which is better, yada yada. You're you're riding both lanes pretty well, you know, happy. Yeah, for and sure. Dual fandom. So for how, sure. Did, how did you go from, you know, just being a casual fan uh, like me, who, you know, mostly who was mostly introduced to it uh, via video games, you know, as a kid mm-hmm. and uh, eventually growing to love it so much that you just decided to create content and publish it for the world to see on YouTube. And uh, were there any obstacles in the beginning that you ran into during the start of your channel?
0: Uh yeah. So back when I um back when I was in like tenth, eleventh grade, I told myself like I wanted to make a YouTube channel. I wanted to do YouTube videos. But the thing is at the time I didn't know what the fuck I wanted to make it about. So I really paid it throughout that like time period of me growing up and shit like that i really thought to myself what do i do most of the time and i was like oh shit i know what i do oh wait am i allowed to curse on this (laughs) oh
1: yeah big time we're we're uh on season two we're marking all episodes as explicit by default so absolutely all right bet bet all right now we back in this bitch
0: to my story (laughs) so we kept track of like what i did most of the time and most time when i was like 15 16 17 i would be watching um, NBA. I would be watching NBA videos on YouTube, and I catch myself like really watching that a lot day, days and nights. I remember after school, almost every day after school, I'd watch um, uh, videos of either Mike Krozemba and, uh, but mostly like um, SDC. I'd watch him a lot too.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, um, the thing is, I wanted to start a YouTube channel, but I, yeah, there was an obstacle. I, at the time, I lived in a um. 2 bedroom apartment and I shared her with my little brother
1: oh, okay so, no yeah. you
0: know yeah I wasn't really able to um go ahead and make videos and do what I do because first of all your kid was broke back then and uh, I didn't have I feel like I didn't have the s- space needed and also you know it was just an incredibly tough time back then you know so um what like things change I move into a much bigger house I get my own room and stuff like that. And I'm like, Fuck it. why not start YouTube in the summer of like, um, 2017. That was after I graduated high school. I was like 17 at that time. So after that, um, yada, yada, how it happens. You, your boy acting like a simp he gets heartbroken. Then he gets bored during the summer. I'm like, Hey, you know what? Fuck it. Why not talk about summer league? And then I make a video talking about, um, all the young dudes coming out of the draft and like, um, Carmel Anthony getting traded and stuff like that that summer so um yeah that's how it happened
1: yeah so the earliest video available on your channel is uh the one where you're essentially reacting seemingly in real time to knowing that D'Lo got traded to the Nets from the Lakers so was that your first YouTube video you uploaded?
0: yeah it was wait 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 um, nah wait is this is shit damn I'm trying to think nah I don't think it is I don't think it is. I may have like, no, I don't think it is. It's not, it's definitely not my first one. Yeah. I had my, my first one. Damn. I think I privated. I don't know why I it. <laughs> my first one was, um, me, how I wanted to do YouTube. That was my first ever video. I should go. I should go and private that right now. I'm going to do that after this podcast, but yeah, that was my first video. The deal video was my second video
1: ever. Oh, okay. Oh yeah. Then yeah. Cause I noticed when I was peeling through your older catalog, that uh, it basically went the D lo video, and then your typical not. It's not exactly a channel trailer. It's just like a one minute introduction type of thing, and then oh really? Mm-hmm, right.
0: Whoa! It went like that, dude. I don't remember none of this. You did your research. You smart boy. I like you. <laughs>
1: oh yeah, I try. I try to figure out what the story is, and then really just verify it.
0: <laughs> okay. Yeah. So it went like that. Then I didn't end up privating my my video, my first like introduction video. All right. That's cool.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Or at least that's a, that's how it appears on the channel. You never know. There might be some horrible YouTube glitch. The site is broken over 50% of the time these days. Anyway, you can never trust it. Oh yeah. <laughs> You're yeah, damn right about that. And so uh, that was in 2017, right? And so, you know, you've yeah. been putting in work since then. Absolutely. I mean, you have over 330 videos, probably over 340 by the time this actually gets published uh, a couple years of working hard. And uh, your first video to eclipse a thousand views was a breakdown of Brandon Ingram's game, and then a couple months later, you saw some more success with your first video to hit five digits, uh, where you're breaking down a, a hypothetical trade of a uh, DeAndre Jordan to the LeBron Cavs. Uh, so, how much did your earlier successes on the platform really uh, dictate how you approached deciding what type of content to make?
0: Um, when I so when I uh, first saw, when I first had my thousand vid video, thousand view vid video, and I really like, I, I was focused on growth back then. That's what I'm still focused on now, growth. That's all I wanted to see when it came to this NBA stuff. So, but at first, when I like, when I first had that thousand, vid, that thousand view video, I wasn't like really um, too focused on YouTube because at the time, momentarily, I was going to college and I had all this other stuff to do, and focus on. So YouTube was just, I uh, don't oh, why not? Let me just throw the. Camera out there and just record. But um once I stopped going to school for a, like a whole year, college for a whole year, that's when I started focusing on YouTube more because like, like what else do I have to do? And I really like doing this stuff. So in that, after I do after um I stopped going to college for a year, um it it made me want to do more, you know, because I feel like I got to a point where I wanted to be bigger than big. And um, seeing seeing that growth, seeing that thousand view, seeing that thousand view video, really motivated me to push myself harder. And you know, me back then, I don't know about a, a lot of people are just like naturally talented and at certain things and stuff like that. And some like me, I'm not, dude. I'm a raw prospect. Like I'm a 55 overall dude, brown shirt out here when it comes <laughs> to anything I do. I am horrible <laughs> at at the start. So it took me a while to like develop all my skills and stuff like that.
1: I got you. Yeah, and so um, when you when you see that sort of growth, and you know you you know a little bit about what you're doing more more than nothing, you know, because on day zero you know absolutely nothing. You might have an idea what you want to do, but what you inevitably end up doing is is usually at least a little bit different. And so, you know, when the way you carry yourself on camera, I, I would say you're easily one of the more charismatic and even funny NBA YouTubers. So. From the beginning until now, how did you think about presenting yourself and performing on camera? Is it easy to be authentic or is it do you like put on like the mojo character mask and kind of put on a whole performance? Like, how, how do you think about performing on camera?
0: Wow. Here's the thing. I had a mask in the beginning. I had a mask over myself.
1: Yeah, I remember I seeing like the really, Spider-Man mask. and what
0: it was he You know, my videos used to be, like, really awkward, I feel like. And I was really trying way too hard, not being my normal self. All of this is not a front. This is, like, me. 90% of the time, you could find me like this. If I'm not sleeping or eating, this is me. This is just how I normally act. Back then, like, a year ago, my videos, were, not a year ago, maybe, like, two years ago, that wasn't me putting up a front, just trying really hard. So once I learned how to, like... This is just part of my like development as a human overall. Once I just learned how to like just say, fuck all the bullshit, whatever happens, happens. I'm gonna just go with the flow and do me and whatever happens, you know, who cares. That's when my, I, I feel like my videos and I, that's when my videos started to become, you know, more energetic and funny. I guess if people find me that too, then, um,
1: yeah. Yeah. Because I, I would say, you know, the transition from, you know, I don't know about your exact experience, but I know for me personally, and I think for the majority of you know people in our culture, going through that high school age phase of being surrounded by your peers, being more acutely aware of how other people might think about you or perceive you, how you're presenting yourself, you know, it's easy to be self conscious and to cringe at yourself even when you're not doing anything too cringy. You know, it's like I feel like twenty, thirty years ago, the the biggest fear of a high school student was to be unpopular and uncool. And now that phrase has just been simplified down to cringe, and no one wants to be cringe, you know. But I, you know, I, I went through your old catalog, and I didn't cringe even once. <laughs> so okay. I, I think you yeah, you definitely have a a natural <laughs> talent there, <laughs> of a yeah. Of you're of on
0: parents. the money about that, though, for real, for real. Yeah.
1: And so, would you say that sort of taking that fuck it mentality of just you know I'm gonna just do me and fuck the haters, whatever? Would you say that was maybe the biggest change to your whole creative process that you wish you had made sooner? Or is there something more technical or specific that you'd wish you'd changed early on? What what could you go back and and make different if you could?
0: Um really I wouldn't make everything anything different because you know if I did, then I'm not sure where I'd be. But you know, if I was to adjust something, maybe it would be like the quality, not the quality of my videos, but tough question. (laughs) (laughs) This is a tough question to me. I think it would be, like, (sighs) I produced, probably. Like, I would just throw out some, some bullshit video, you know? Mm -hmm. Back then, like, two years ago, I had to out some bullshit video, but uh, to me, I don't think there's really anything I would change other than that, like, it, you have to go through the bullshit in order to get, through, get to where you want to be. So I don't think there's really anything that I would change specifically. Other than, like, maybe, like, I, I wish I was more straight up up front myself in the beginning. But, you know, it, it happens.
1: Yeah. I mean, everyone's got to find the way to, uh, you know, present themselves on camera and whatnot to create content. There, there's a, always some footing to find there. Um, I, I know... Uh, I don't remember which video specifically, but was you know it wasn't exactly a coincidence. They're very closely related. But one of your earlier videos with one of the more eye-catching thumbnails. Inside of that video, you were self-critical of your own you know previous thumbnails, and even that was relatively early on. So you clearly had you know a little bit of an eye or an ear, however you want to you know categorize the sensory organ, uh, for <laughs> figuring out. What the important things on YouTube are, you know, when you go to your videos and you categorize them by most popular, a lot of the times uh, or a lot of the videos on there, I should say, are related to like player transactions that are hypothetical um, and versus, for example, like the earlier on videos where they're just a minute long and you're just rambling about whatever is on your mind. But I don't think there's anything innately wrong with pumping out lower quality content in the beginning, especially because it gets your reps in you know what i mean like it, it's hard to go to the gym and start benching 250 pounds from the jump <laughs> you know what i mean you gotta yeah. you gotta figure out how to bench the bar first and so
0: yeah you're you're, you're, you're on the money with that too so that's what i'm saying i don't really uh, i don't really wish i would change anything because if i did you know i probably wouldn't be where i'm at today and you know, i will be later in the future
1: Oh yeah. I, I could definitely sense some big things coming for you, man. You you've got a lot of positive momentum. I mean, your your subscriber base has doubled in the past 6 months if I'm not mistaken, right?
0: Yeah, that's crazy.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so you're definitely on a good trajectory. Um so uh, you're you're a known LeBron fan. You know, it's one of the 5 or is it 5 or 6 jerseys hanging up in the background now?
0: Man, it's too relaxed. <laughs> <laughs> it's too
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah so do you have any unpopular opinions or hot takes regarding Le- lebron james that you'd like to share here on the podcast today you know give me an exclusive opinion
0: <laughs> um yeah i mean shit i i think he's my, he's my goat i really don't care what anybody says about that and also i feel like you know if he You know, nowadays, especially like this, this, this AD and Kawhi thing is popping off. Well, LeBron teams had more help than uh, Michael Jordan. Um, if you just like look at, if you just look at the rosters from, if you compare each each of these dudes' roster year by year, then you know that's fair to say. But at the same time, that's wrong because Michael Jordan has had more consistent help. There's no type of consistency in LeBron's teammates at all. They're either. Like injured in the decline, or they're either buns most of the time. Not most of the time, but you know, it's 50 50 of the time. Yeah. Yeah. And right. he has consistency. Yeah. And so. I feel like also, if you were to, if you were to like give, put LeBron James in a in a stable organization that knew that what they were doing, like uh, give him, if you, if you put him in like the Warriors, if the Warriors drafted him. Back in like 0-3 or whatever, or if like the Spurs somehow drafted him back in 0-3 03, 03 or whatever, he wouldn't he wouldn't have so many L's on his on his record. He just mm-hmm. he just like bad luck. His mom got clapped in Cleveland. That's all that happened, you know, <laughs> and, and, and that's the only reason why his his record is like that.
1: Yeah. So I guess if you wanted to oversimplify it to just like a a tweet format. It would be that uh, LeBron didn't have, le- or LeBron had more help than Michael, or no, hold on. Let me try, I tried a double negative, and then I took out all the negatives and it became not my <laughs> So, Michael had more help than LeBron, <laughs> is, is the hot take Twitter format <laughs> of your unpopular LeBron opinion.
0: Yeah, yeah, consistency is greater than, than uh, everything. Consistency is the most important key when it comes to basketball. Right, is
1: the best ability. It continuity amongst teams is definitely a a huge advantage. I mean, Michael had the benefit of playing for one team his whole career, and obviously it wasn't literally one one roster, you know. But mm-hmm. you know, he had Scotty for all of his success. That's a huge thing, you know. Like, imagine if LeBron and D Wade played together throughout all their championship seasons. You know, people would definitely, I think, anyway kind of diminish the success of D Wade because it would be perceived as being on the back of LeBron because of the amount of press that LeBron gets compared to D Wade. Now, D Wade might be the second best shooting guard of all time, but he might get a little bit less favor in that argument if he had been paired up with LeBron and had 10 or 12 years of playing together, you know, but that duo is probably yeah. the best of all time. In my opinion, I mean, it w- it seemed unfair. When I was in middle school and those guys paired up, it was the most fun thing to hate on that Heatles team. I mean, dude,
0: <laughs> you're not alone. I fucking hated LeBron back then too, for no reason. Yeah,
1: I, I didn't come around to LeBron until he won in Cleveland. And I just, you know, I didn't see it because ESPN is awful and they cut away from it. But I heard him, you know, scream, "Cleveland, this is for you!" And I was like, "Wow, LeBron means it." <laughs> I'm a exactly. fan.
0: That's such hearts right there.
1: Yeah, and so uh. Tell you what, let's get a little bit away from LeBron just uh, just a little bit. Tell me about starting a podcast with Rusty. Uh, how's that? How's that going on for you guys? I heard that episode three got deleted on accident. Shout out to uh, to Mike and Sam because <laughs> yeah, they had the same <laughs> issue.
0: Oh yeah, um, the podcast podcast is cool. You know, we fuck up a lot. You know, but that's bound to happen. We've gone through a lot of rough patches and like we we've literally had so many gems in the podcast that we've deleted. But, you know it is what it is you know <laughs> me and him we're gonna be recording record another podcast soon by the way we're almost at 1k subscribers at, at the um in Hoopscast. go ahead check it out but um yeah it's it's going it's going good the combos that we have are, are pretty lit because like to the people that you know in real life most of the time they're, they're like basketball knowledge is usually not on par with yours you know <laughs> And, right. and the people that i that I'm surrounded in real life, they're they're not like as as me. So it's like you just vibe on a whole new different level whenever like you like with people through the internet and Twitter, you know, and YouTube. So it's it's just a complete vibe, the podcast. It's at first, you know, when I when I was um recording podcasts with him and stuff like that, it was awkward, you know. I told you earlier in the podcast, whatever whenever I do something for the first time, I am a fifty five overall in that in that um whatever I'm doing at the time. I'm a dude staying brown shirt. (laughs) And it takes me a while to actually like go comfortable to whatever I do. That's just the person I am. But once I get to once I am comfortable around it, I take that shit and I run with it and I excel.
1: Yeah. i I can see a a good future for you guys running that podcast. Y'all y'all seem to have a good chemistry. You know I listened to the first couple of episodes. And uh, y'all y'all definitely vibe for sure. I think it's a, a good pairing. Plus y'all are like, you know, peers. Y'all are in the in the same echelon of NBA YouTube. It's not like it's Mike Corzemba, you know, the guy on the, the top of the grand pyramid of it all, and then like yeah. me. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right about that.
1: Yeah, so I I think y'all are y'all are gonna really benefit off of each other, really uh, you know, accelerate each other's growth. Honestly, through that podcast
0: honestly, I see big things with this one day I feel like I don't know it's gonna be um maybe one day like you know he lives in my I don't know if you guys tell us, I'm not gonna say 'cause gonna say because I don't want people to know where he lives he lives in my um, hometown oh. so you know one day not hometown but my birthplace Atlanta is my hometown ATL all day <laughs> <laughs> so like maybe one day um if I want to take things to the next level we could uh you know have a live podcast type thingy going on base mm-hmm. camp podcasts or whatever and i think that would be like really, really. oh yeah throwing, throwing out ideas in the
1: future oh yeah i think that would that would take off for sure because that that space isn't really like filled on the, in the nba new media side of things you know like you have your traditional nba podcast you know the the shows that you would listen to five years ago when i say you i mean plural you not you specifically you know that you would listen to uh, uh five years ago like You had to be a big fucking nerd to listen to the low post, right? And now it's like, you're a nerd if you don't listen to the low post. (laughs) And so there's a lot of room for people like you, me, Rusty, to step in and have that hyper-independent voice where we're not filtered through a large media company, where we're not held to standards of writing articles as much as we produce you know, audio and visual content. It's like, we can really... Do what people have already done with regular news and sort of started to threaten the traditional industry, except with sports. I think it's a, a very good and early time to get in on the internet NBA coverage game. And so Exactly, exactly.
0: And that lane hasn't been tapped into yet at all.
1: Right, absolutely. And something I've noticed as well, you know, trying to get to know a lot of the people in this space. Is that most people doing it this way are super young? I mean, how? If you don't mind me asking, how old are you?
0: Nineteen. Yeah. Yeah. That's Turn Twenty. Like in less than a week.
1: Yeah. See, I feel like the old man in this space. I'm 24 in a couple months. <laughs> you you're know? 24? What the fuck, really? Yeah. 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 Ninety five. Oh, that's crazy. I'm a I'm a whole ass millennial. You're you're in Gen Z. So fuck off. Get out of here. Get off my lawn. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's crazy, dude. If I was to get i not be like, whoa, this man's like 16,
1: 17. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You 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 uh might not suspect uh suspect so if you saw me in like my tank top, you know, see all my tattoos and shit, but normally people see me in a regular ass, you know, street clothes. Whoa, shit this man up. got tats? Yeah, that's that's my second passion is tattoos for sure. <gasps>
0: Okay, so, like, what level of tattoo up are you? Are you, like, J.R. Smith level? Like, you got
1: Sorry. it out, you go crazy? Or nah, you're like, not yet. You're like more I ain't got stuff? money like that, man. <laughs> no, <laughs> it'll it'll come in time. That's the goal, I guess. But my first tattoo I got when I was 16, it was just a heart in the dead center of my chest. So it was, like, all in right away. You know, you can't have a, a just something in the middle of your chest and that be your only tattoo. Uh-huh. You know, so I got I got a whole chest piece. I got a half sleeve. I got a mom tattoo. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's what's up. That's what, okay. So in your opinion, who has like the best and worst tattoos in the NBA?
1: Oh, uh, this is easy. Chris Anderson, Birdman, you mentioned him earlier. By far the best. Mm-hmm. I wish it came under like happier circumstances and not like I'm a drug addict who's out of the league circumstances. Uh-huh. Um, definitely the best. I mean, that shit is clean. He was on one of my favorite squads of all time, that 2010 or 2011 Nuggets squad with Chauncey and Anae and Mello and Birdman and Jr. Oh, man, I love that fucking team. So Birdman is definitely number one. And then at the bottom of the barrel is Richard Jefferson. <laughs> with his. Wait, wait, Richard has a tattoo? Yeah, and it's ugly as fuck. I can't even describe it. Uh, I just know the vibe off of it is that it is just absolutely hideous. There's no shading or no nothing. That. Yeah, yeah. It's just like a little thing on his shoulder, I believe. And it's just a little, little line work. I think it might literally just say fucking RJ. Here, I'm gonna look it up right <laughs> quick. It is, it is just the worst. Tattoos. Hello? Yeah, let's, let's Google this right quick. Are Richard Jefferson. Oh, what oh the fuck God. is happening, Google? Oh no. What is this? Oh, I was trying to celebrate some shit. Oh, I'm hitting the logo. <laughs> Tattoo. Yep, it just says RJ and has a basketball in the middle of it, of the R.
0: Jeez Louise, man. Yeah. i never understood people who've got tattoos of their of their own initials. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, man, I, I couldn't do but, it. But hey. You know, maybe I can, uh, the only time I could ever envision getting initials on my body is if it was like a, just for my pseudonym, you know, Rudy St. Clair. Because, you know, that's not quite my government name. It's close, but I'm not trying, like a school <laughs> sounds like a church school <laughs> <laughs> yeah if, if only i'd been to church <laughs> yeah, a few um all right so um let, let me ask you this do you feel as confident as i do i mean we're pretty much on the same note that but like i really believe in uh in your channel growth like i think next year you're probably gonna double in size again and then after that it's uh it's all uphill i feel like when you cross that that 25 000 to fifty thousand mark that's when you're a full-blown YouTuber, you know? It's not like a, a side project hobby, you know? Oh, maybe, maybe it'll be one thing one day. But, like, no, nah, when you hit 50K especially, it's like, you're in. You got it. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah, like, I am. I am confident in my business. I feel like, to be honest, I'm so cocky. But I feel like I could be, like, <laughs> one day, like, one of the most, like, beloved people out here in these NBAs. In the NBA world, one day. Oh yeah. Just based off of like my naturalness on camera that I have now, um, my quote unquote humor that I that people think I have, <laughs> <laughs> and also like just my vibe and like you know just the whole the beats that I use in my videos, the way I talk, the way I flow, you know. Mm-hmm. I just I think that separates me from a lot of people, and I think that's going to also take me a long way. And the amount is like. Supporters that I have, I don't, I don't, I hate the word fans. It's like it's one of the most like cringeworthy terms in my mind. The word fans, I don't know why it's cringe, but I just don't like that word. But I feel like I have like right now where I'm at, I have one of the like deepest support, the best supporting cast in the league. Like I am loaded. I'm damn near a super. <laughs> <rhyme>. <laughs> oh
1: yeah, you uh, you always get a a very quick couple dozen retweets or something along those lines where you're just like, Hey, new video coming out, please retweet this. <laughs> so you definitely got your, uh, your loyal supporters. I can definitely agree that fans is a, a little bit of a cringy term. I mean, there's nothing wrong with using it, but I couldn't use it to describe the people that I interact with online that listen to my show. I couldn't feel good about using it. I can use it to describe other people. You know, like I'm a fan of you. I'm a fan of Rusty. Uh, and you definitely have fans. Uh, but I could never call someone who listens to my show a fan, you know, I call my mom a fan. (laughs) She's a fan, (laughs) but, uh, you know, guys like, uh, like Ridgeway and the other people I interact with on Twitter that listen, not, not really just fans. They're, they're, they're friends. Okay. I couldn't hear nothing. what you just said. Yeah, yeah, I saw you cut out there on the on the call, so I was just sort of a uh, sort of rambling a little bit. It's okay. None of it was really relevant. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: I uh, feel I feel. Well, yeah. Um Now I want to hear what you had to say for a little bit. Like summarize it up. No,
1: I was just saying that like fans is a cool term to use descriptively for, you know, other people, but I could never call people that listen to my own show my fans, you know. I that just it feels weird to pat myself on the back that hard, you know, to to be a little bit PG about it, you know.
0: <laughs> I feel like I feel like it's more. I feel like that term to flex, you know. And I'm I'm not. If you know me in real life, I'm not a flexer at all. I'm 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 more of like uh more to myself most of the time. Mm-hmm. I'm more to myself, but I'm also what I wanted to talk about is like oh yeah, uh, the supporters that I have. I feel like that's like. That's a really, really underrated like aspect when in terms of trying to grow on YouTube is people like not really messing with their fan base or whatever, um, the supporting cast. For me, uh, I like to be as close to them as possible. Like a lot of times, like, uh, people don't know this, but they come at me with like their personal problems, and I again, I give them um, I give them real. Real solutions, real um, real good, helpful tips to whatever they're going through. I talk to them about basketball. Like my DMs are like flooded on Instagram, and yeah, on Instagram they're flooded daily. And I I carry on at least like 50 conversations every day and stuff like that. And once in a while, I hop on the phone with with some of them, and I Facetime with some of them. I gave one of them my number. Like I'm just, I just really right for those dudes because they write for me. You know, I feel like you, the energy that you put out is what you're going to receive. So if you like if you don't really mess with your supporting cast, they're not gonna message you either. So don't be like mad once if you're like if you're if your like likes aren't up and if your views aren't hitting like that. But if you really mess with them and you show your appreciation for them, they're gonna love you even more.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like you're basically you know, either reading or writing the book on micro influencing one oh one man because you know there's a there's a good like micro influencing is one of those terms that's like super new and modern and kind of cringy if you don't understand the 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 space. you know, if you're not an internet person, it might just sound like, a regular person with like a Facebook profile with 700 friends on it <laughs> you know like oh i'm influencing my high school friends to know my political opinions but no it's it's deeper than that uh you know it, it's it's important to to maintain relationships with people who support you like that because they are supporting you and when you inform them that you know you give a shit about their support they're usually more inclined to support or at least feel better about doing it and thus naturally do it on their own more like uh so so how do you, this is a, a little bit more impromptu, uh, you know, I don't expect you to have a full blown, you know, 12 step business plan to understand how to approach this problem. But when you inevitably grow, how do you plan on managing those sorts of relationships? Now, I would imagine like, you know, day ones get higher priority. But when you have, you know, Say it's it's no longer 50 people hitting you up on Instagram every day. It's, you know, 300, which is still a Great high movie, number. Movie. <laughs> right. You know, and you know, always could do that's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, and, you know, come the time you get, you know, 500,000 subscribers or whatever, it could be very easy to to have something like that happening to you. And so mm-hmm. do you envision yourself making an effort to, you know, have that sort of close personal relationship with the people who support you in the future when you're bigger? you know are you just gonna are you gonna get too famous for everybody <laughs> hell
0: no, nah, hell nah you know the thing is like before like i feel like this is for everyone before you become something you're like before you for most people who aren't who are on youtube before you're like you become a creator you're a fan of certain creators so you know how it feels if like your favorite creator responds to you and stuff like that yeah. you know that you ever had you ever been through that little like
1: Oh, absolutely, man. When um when I got in contact with the uh, MEO, you know, NBA M- storyteller, that gave me a yes, sir. a whole new level of confidence in my ability to do this because we had a great conversation and, you know, I would say he's my friend now for sure, you know? And uh for I sure. I definitely enjoyed being able to take what was once a parasocial relationship where it just sort of feels like a friend because you're getting to know them through their online content. And converting that into a real friend, you know, an internet friend, if you if you don't think the internet's real, but. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's, it's So right about as well. that.
0: So right about that. Like, this this is funny because, like, um, back in almost a year ago now, back in October, I had like October, September, I had a project to do for my some stupid ass college professor. So she wanted me to interview someone who was in my who was in my career field and I was like, okay, well, I want to do YouTube. So, I, and I don't really talk to anybody like that at the time. I didn't talk to anyone on YouTube like that. And uh, the first person I hit up was Emio. And then I had like this, uh, like an hour, maybe two, two hour conversation with him over the phone about YouTube and like how we went through and this entire process. And I, and to this day, I still have that conversation on my um, saved on my laptop. And he really, he really like gave me some gems when it came, when it comes to like being a creator. Oh, yeah. stuff like that yeah before that i was a fan of his like i remember i used to comment on this stuff every day so back to the question Back to the question that you had um, um, about me, if I would still, you know, be out there responding to my dudes, if I, when I do get bigger, um, yeah, for sure I will. Obviously, like I get tired as hell, I, and I only have like two fingers. I do Oh, whoa, my bad. Like I have like two hands, <laughs> and I can only, re- <laughs> I can only respond to so many people. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna still make the effort to. I'll always make the effort because I feel like all the time throughout the day we catch ourselves like goofing off. And all, and instead of like doing stupid things like being on Twitter most of the time, I take my time out. I take, I for sure take time out of my day to go ahead and respond to a couple of people on Instagram, and once in a while, and, also, and always on YouTube for sure as well.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, Big just because
0: it makes people's day. They, they sometimes it, like people still surprised. People still get surprised when I respond to them, which is crazy. And that just gives a just. Uh, I can't explain that feeling in the world that I get when I see
1: that. (laughs) Yeah. It's a, cause it's super relatable. Like you said, you know, we, we know what it's like to be able to reach out to someone that you are a fan of and to get that, that fan interaction. You know, I, I think I'm pretty good at not getting starstruck, but I I think, um, man i'm probably gonna get fucking roasted by this by some people but i uh i, I totally got starstruck one time when um i went to a meet and greet in a uh, in nashville on the anthony fantano store you know the needle drop the guy reviews all the music the flannel ball guy the melon yeah so i, I went to, i went to the meet and greet uh in nashville met him and in my mind i felt like i had like at least questions or comments that i wanted to get out but then I got there, I was just like, can you sign my hat? <laughs> that's, that's really about as far as it went. It would have went a lot better if the person who took our photo together would have known how to use my damn phone to take the fucking picture. It took, We were sitting there doing the squat, you know, the squat that Melon does. For like 30 to seconds to a minute. It took forever. <gasps> that was the longest photo op. It's <laughs> so that, yeah. yeah.
0: You guys got a whole workout right there, man. This was a bit awkward, too.
1: <laughs> yeah, just sitting there squatting, looking at the camera, man. <laughs> I, I love that photo, though. Especially because I got like a, you know, the little live photo where it does a little, I guess I it's kind of closer to like a GIF more than anything else. You could see the camera flash and shit. It, it was, oh, it was good amazing, shit. Man yeah so i i we can all relate to what it's like to to interact with people we're fans of you know and if you if you've never interacted with a person that you're a fan of dear listener you, you can follow me on twitter and my dms are open <laughs> exactly
0: exactly yeah. and so um, when it comes to like when it comes to this like being starstruck thing uh, i don't think i think i've been like starstruck like maybe one time before and i was like now, I never met anybody. You know what's crazy, dude? I, I tweeted this the other day. Man, I'm, I'm so off talk right now, but who cares? I met someone for the first time who was like, they were starstruck when they met me. I was at Foot Locker, I wanted um, to Foot Locker with two of my friends, because I was buying him shoes for his birthday, because you know, this man hoops and Air Force Ones, I don't know what the hell's wrong with this, but anyways, <laughs> I was buying him some new Kyrie's and a Foot Locker employee just walked up to me, I was like, "Yo, man, i be watching the video, you'd be going crazy on YouTube, and I was like, oh, I appreciate you, man, and I was like, I was going to talk to him for the second, but like, this dude just like watched Terry abruptly, I was like, oh, okay, well, that's cool, still, it was the first person I ever met on uh in person who watches my videos that I know. Yeah. It's you know, a really, really dope experience. But uh yeah, when, when I when I oh yeah, I've met I met someone too who was like the internet famous I guess. You know um that um that meme, it was a TikTok song. It turned into a TikTok meme and like really really helped like explode TikTok. You know that song? Hit or miss I bet oh, yeah. you never miss huh? um, You know that? Yeah, of course. <laughs> Yeah, um, I met those people. I met those people.
1: <laughs> yeah, How? I don't know why that fucking tickles me so much. How did you manage Honestly. to bump into those guys?
0: Dude, I was at, I was in the mall. I was family. It was back in like um like November. And I was just buying shoes, and I saw them. When I first saw them, I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> and, like, I was sweating, dude. I don't know what the fuck was going on, but I was sweating. My heart was racing. I was like, oh, shit, you got to go up to them and say something. But I want to be a creep, you know? So, like, I walked around, like, their area twice just to, like, confirm it was them. Because, like, you know, there's a lot of... This dude had tattoos. One of them had tattoos in his face. The dude had tattoos in his face, which I didn't know. I haven't seen him in a long time. And, you know, the other, like, um, I don't know what she is. I don't know what she is. But the other foreign girl, mm-hmm. she she looked like just what i she looked i can i could confirm that it was her i was just i wasn't just sure about to do so i walked around him twice kind of like a weirdo just to make sure it was them i was like oh fuck i'm gonna go walk up to them and when i walked up to them dude my voice was like so shaky and my palms are sweaty yeah. <laughs> but um yeah that was like the first famous person the only famous person quote unquote that i met in my life
1: <laughs> yeah i mean, that's a hell of an experience man that's a, i guess in you know, walking around ATL, you're bound to bump into some people who are worth a shit, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's a a buzzing place. I'm excited to, to, you know, this is entirely not relevant to anything except for just the tangents of where the conversation leads. But I'm personally very excited to live in like a real ass city for the first time, you know, shout out to everyone who doesn't live in a big city. You know, I don't mean to dismiss your, your plebeian little society uh, and not call (laughs) it real. Uh, but you know, I'm moving to Nashville. I'm you know officially moved in like today, <laughs> so I'm I'm very oh, pumped to yeah. to live in a in a big city now. Uh, you've been living in Nashville, not Nashville, Atlanta for a while now.
0: Yeah, I have. I've been here since I was like three years old. I've been in Atlanta since I was three years old. Yeah, yeah. and I've been here basically my entire life.
1: Yeah, so that's home, man. That's home. Hell yeah. I, uh, I was just talking to someone on Twitter about this earlier today. I've lived in three cities. I, I lived in, you know, the place I was born uh, until I was roughly 16. I finished high school uh, somewhere else, and I went off to college and resonated in that town for about five years. So now it's, like, finally time for me to just independently go wherever it is that I want to go. You know, like a... That is so dope. Yeah. You're, you're, uh, you know, you're very open about this stuff. You mentioned it on uh, earlier on the pod. And I believe, I'm not 100% sure, but at one point it was at least on your pinned tweet, you know, just like, you know, I was talking about being 100%. heartbroken and stuff like that. You know, I broke off my engagement and I was like, oh shit, I can go anywhere now. <laughs> so I basically just went to the nearest big city and see what that's like. You know, it's 100%. all good though. Ah, no, no, no hearts broken over here. It was, a, it was a very slow peel of the band-aid, so everything's fine. <laughs> right, that's what's up, man. That's what's up, Alright, you uh, have anything else that you would like to add? Or you would like to um, riff for, you know, ad infinitum? We could die on this podcast if you'd like. I don't mind.
0: <laughs> <laughs> this podcast was lit. This podcast was lit. Half the time we were talking about basketball and half the time we were talking about this, whatever popped up in my mind. But, yeah. um, no, man. Uh, you mentioned, I guess I want to touch on this. You mentioned my pin tweet. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was just like reflecting on like the shit that happened to me. I was reflecting on my life for like the past the past was was going through and shit like that. Um, yeah, I put that. The reason why is it's personal, but I put it out there just so I can, for, mainly for me, I put it out there for me so I can hold myself to the high standard I, the the high standard that I accept my that I expect myself to, you know, strive for every day. But I also put it out there for other people to like, you know, to to let to to let it be known that it's okay if you go through all this other shit. You just gotta like really like break through and and do your thing. And when I look back at my pin tweet, it's almost, it's almost been a year since I made that shit. It's going to be a year in like seven days or something like that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Man, my, it's not even seven days. My math is horrible, but you know, it's almost been a year. But and looking back at that, I've literally like crushed every single thing and like then something. want to look at that tweet. So it's just crazy. I just, I just hope that, you know, I keep on doing my thing and stay focused and stuff like that. And all of these fucking females <laughs> fuck it's up my vibe. And also, I hope that all my supporters, for the most part, I hope, I hope all of mine really take, see what I'm doing and like use that as some type of like inspiration or motivation just make, make them get above off of their asses and do whatever the fuck they want to do in life. And don't let like, don't let nothing fuck up their vibe and their energy because that's the key, that's the most important thing.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, that's I mean, that's a real good sign that you're a genuine good dude, you know what I mean to take some sort of a negative experience that you've had and try to convert that into like a, like a hyper positive influence on the world at large, if you will, you know, I don't want to sound like I'm too big of a typical fucking millennial narcissist asshole. Uh, (laughs) But I mean, shit with like, you know, the power we have at at our disposal with social media and shit like that, you can have a almost measurable influence on how people's lives work out you know it's like people might just want to get like high on hope when they watch like a like a Casey Neistat vlog or whatever be like oh I could just work real hard and do anything I want you know for every 99 there are that just you know ride the high there's at least one that's gonna you know see that and take some sort of initiative and make some measurable changes to their life so really um really great that you can you can want to do that you know, not everyone's like that. So it's awesome. Um, I'm probably going to take a little bit of inspiration from that. I'll, I'll make my goals for hustle point season two known. I'll, I'll write them all down, make them in a pen tweet, quote my current pen tweet with the links and, uh, just let's, you know, let it be known because, uh, like, like I said, you know, this is all, a. As much tied to real life as it is just the the NBA itself, where people like you and me, Rusty, whoever, internet people, tend to be doing it on our own uh, rather than as like a part of a job from like a company or what the fuck ever. Yeah. So. All right, bro. This is amazing. Yeah. Um. So again, be sure to follow Mojo on YouTube uh mojo ninety nine just search he's the only mojo ninety nine of the whole damn platform I swear you know i I tried to search uh mojo initially I was like, this is just going to be watch mojo isn't it and it was
0: <laughs> dude. Listen, here's the crazy thing about that. I come When I made my YouTube name, I was so shook when I, when I found out about WatchMojo. Like, who the fuck is this? You know, I've never seen people in my life. And I came to a conclusion, like, a year ago, two years ago, that I never, it's, like, going to be literally impossible for me, like, to surpass, like, this big-ass, like, empire that they've built. Because these dudes, like, upload, like, every single day, and they'd be able like, all these other famous movies.
1: Oh yeah, that's a it's a major major league content farm, and that's a multi million dollar company. It, it has to be. Um, yeah, man. hey, shit. Maybe that's, that's a a, maybe that's a maybe that's a a good way to you know maybe rebrand in the future if you ever decide to to pivot or to you know kind of r- just revamp your uh, your image online. Let's go with a whole ass name change. Just start going by your government name or some shit like that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, I'll I'll try to keep that in mind. I think I'm gonna keep the 99 part in there because that's a special number. Special number. Uh, I don't know if you're religious or not, but I'm just gonna throw out there it's my it's my angel number. That's why I I, um it's a part of my YouTube name. No, as far as I know, no um, other NBA creators they don't have any numbers alongside their name because I feel like it may be kind of like un unprofessional, kinda. Most, most numbers, most of um, usernames that have numbers in them, they're usually like gamer tags or like freaking emails or something like that. And I put that as my YouTube name, but I made that, I put it on there for a reason.
1: Word, word. Not going to lie. When you, uh, sure. <laughs> when you started to describe that there was a, a reason behind it, I immediately just thought of Jay-Z. <laughs> um, so thank you so much for your time, man. I really appreciate this. You know, you didn't have to do this, of course. So I, I really, really do appreciate this
0: um this was late this is late i gotta hop on a pod sometime again in the future
1: yeah most definitely i'll uh shit i'll probably bring you and rusty on at least once or twice this season if y'all are down all
0: right uh, yeah let me get down with my boy rusty first <laughs> all
1: right sounds good man take care of yourself
0: all right for sure man appreciate it
1: appreciate you